Welcome to the Recession Proof Real Estate Investing Podcast. Join your host, Sam Newell, as he educates you on how to make profitable, low-risk real estate investments that will cash flow through any economy. Hear interviews with the top real estate investors and entrepreneurs in the country to find out what they've learned and implemented since the 2008 recession. With over 10 years in real estate investing, it has become Sam's goal to help others invest for double-digit returns, but to also stay safe and not get caught in the next downturn. Tune in and become recession-proof. I want to hear about you. Introduce our listeners to yourself and tell us a little bit about you. Sure, sure. I'm James Kandasamy from Achieve Investment Group based in Austin, Texas. We are multifamily operators and active asset managers owning almost 1,700 units across $130 million in assets, right? So, and we syndicate all our deals. So, I mean, wow. asset count can be big, but, you know, we syndicate all our deals. So, where are those located? Are those? Uh, in- it's primarily in Central Texas, San Antonio, and Austin is where we are okay. focusing on. Um, great locations. We, yeah, yeah, it is a great location. Yeah, I mean that's what we have been doing. You know, we have like almost uh, we are vertically integrated, as I mentioned. We have asset management, property management, and construction management all under the same wing to give us uh, some kind of value proposition in terms of turning around uh, value at deals. Wow, I love that. So. When you say vertically integrated for our listeners, I mean, that's fantastic. And that's every, I think, syndicator's goal is to have everything under one roof or even every investor's goal because third-party property management, third-party construction management, third-party everything can create so many headaches because they just don't, a lot of the times, value your properties and, and your projects like you do. Is that why you did it or, or why did you go for um, everything under one roof? I think when we started, when we bought our first multifamily, 45 units, we realized, you know, the third party company that we are buying from, I mean, we're not buying from them, but they were managing the property. We had a, we had a seller who used the third party property company. And, and when we look at the operation is so inefficient, just because, you know, we want to do everything inefficiently and we look at the operation. Oh my God, this is the largest property management company in central Texas. And they are really, really bad in their operation. Right. Yep. So we said, okay, so we're going to manage it ourselves because we can't give it to third party because they're going to really mess it up, right? And um, I'd say they won't mess it up. I mean, we are a bit more control freak. We want to take as many juice out of the operation as, as much as possible, right? I mean, of course, yeah. you can. It's a, work, it's a work versus how much efficiency you want to get, right? You want to do less right. work, you're going to be less efficient, right? Because you're going to give it to third party because they're going to be running it on their own and they have a, you know, a bureaucracy and many different profit centers in the operation. So it's going to be less uh, efficient. Right. It's, it's less work for us. But since we, as I said, we are a bit control freak and we want to take out all the juice, whatever we can for our investors, uh, we said we're going to do it ourselves. You know, right. and, and I, I appreciate that you saying that you're a control freak because so many deals that I've done, I've been hurt by that third party that maybe doesn't do as good of a job as you would. Mm-hmm. And so I would say being a control freak in this industry, managing that many units is absolutely vital and a positive thing, not a negative thing. So just to recap, you have 1,700 doors? Yeah, we have 1,700 units. Yes, correct. How long have you been doing this? We have been doing a multifamily since 2015, uh, 2016. So it's almost like, uh, well, this is 2020. So almost four years. 
Wow. 1700 units in four years. That's fantastic. Did you start with your own money with investors money? Tell me a little bit about how you got started and, and why you got started in multifamily. So I used to work as a W2, you know, in engineering company, and it's always in my thought that, you know, working, I mean, especially when you're working a W2 job and especially in a profession, you are so busy working, right? But, Mm -hmm. but when I did my MBA, I realized that so many money can be made in the business world, right? There's so many financial guys who are making a lot more money and and uh, business has always been very self-fulfilling. Uh, it's very, very fulfilling because now you have your own things you can do. You're trying to figure out things. And sometimes W2 job can be very monotonous, right? You're doing the same project yeah. over and over again. I mean, unless you're working in, in NASA, trying to create a mm-hmm. launch, trying to launch a rocket to go to the moon, you're trying to figure out a lot of new formulas, right? But, right. you know, 99% of the industry out there don't do that, right? 99% they right. want to create the same product and, Know, just make it slightly better from the previous product and make it they just it's a tweaking of the current product so for sure. me it just was not so fun right uh, mm-hmm. so you know when i was small i was trying to sell shirts uh, in college <laughs> so, to, <laughs> so there's always some entrepreneurial spirit in okay. me and uh, and when i when i heard someone was trying to do rentals and i said yeah, i did i did my quick calculation and figured out oh you can make like nine percent return on a rental which is pretty good return right uh, yeah this is just basic return right and uh, i tried stock market trying to solve uh, the biggest puzzle in the world trying to get the biggest <laughs> richest guy but i realized I love it. stock market plays a lot with your fear and greed and uh-huh. i really really tried i really studied all the analytical tool and a japanese candlestick trying to put all kind of things but at the end of the day i realized it's all about your emotion hmm. right uh, interesting yeah, and, and and every time I go into stock market, I, I lose money. Right? And and <laughs> after that, one day I read an article saying that ninety eight percent of the individual investors never really make money in stocks. Oh uh, my god! Ninety eight percent individual investors yeah, never make money. Either ninety five or ninety. I mean, people who are, I mean, they are people who are making money out there, but you know, yeah. everybody's being lucky, right? I don't the majority so. don't. I've I got don't a story so. for you if you'll allow me to cut you off. Sure, go ahead. So last year. No, excuse me, 2018, I was buying a property with a partner of mine uh-huh. and he backed out at the last minute and he said, you know, I'm going to take this 40 grand and I'm going to go throw it in the stock market because I've been, <laughs> I've been studying <laughs> okay. and uh, he's an engineer for the Navy and it didn't work out so well. So I, I've made over a 20% return on that investment that he backed out of mm. and he lost a lot of money. Hmm. And I felt bad, you know, because that's the reason a lot of investors work with me and buy these properties and work with you is because they probably lost money in the stock market. And so I hadn't heard the statistic of 95 or 98%, but I believe it because most of the people I know, they dabble in the stock market and even extremely intelligent engineers like you and and my Mm -hmm. friend still it, not everything's predictable there and and that's what i love about cash flow and real estate it's predictable and correct, correct. and uh, a lot le- play and i love what you said about it plays on your fear and your greed mm-hmm. real estate can as well but i feel like it's you're limited a little bit it's, more it's a bit slow estate. it's a bit slow and yep. you know you you can you can it's hard to fail in real estate right uh, i mean not mm-hmm. say it's hard to fail it's the so there is a chart in my blog uh, that I write which shows that the swing of prop 
profitability in stocks is, can be very high, right? You can go from minus 40 to plus 40% per year mm-hmm. return. But the probability of you making is lower compared to the swing of real estate is slightly, uh, the swing of profit in real estate is slightly lower, but the probability of you making that, that return, even though it's lower, maybe uh-huh. like half of whatever the stocks you're going to make at stocks, it's higher, right? Uh, yeah. So it's a risk adjusted return, right? Are you doing right? And, and I mean, as I said, I mean, sometimes we think that we can go and solve all this stock market problem. Um, I mean, there are people who are making money in stocks. Yeah. Uh, but you have to really play the long-term game and, you know, you cannot have any emotion on it. You should, I mean, the people who I've seen who are very successful in stocks, it's like they buy it and they forget about it, right? So absolutely. <laughs> I don't know how they do that, but I'm not one of them, right? So I like to look at it every few seconds. Look at in someone now, you're in iPhone, you can see all the stocks. You're like, there's oh, no yeah. peace in life, right? <laughs> torture for some people. Yeah, it's very torture for me too. So, and if, if, if I tried this, playing the stock at like, you know, nine o'clock, you enter into the market by 11 o'clock, the price goes down like drastically and you get panic and you start mm-hmm. selling at, at 11 o'clock, at 11 or 12 o'clock in the afternoon, the price start coming up again, right? So that's, and every time the institutional guys plays that, you know, right, either they bring it down very low or they bring it up very high and later end of the year, end of the day, they, they scoop back the profit again. So so right. it may be just me, but I, I, after I read that article, it just solidified my assumption that most of the individual and retail investors never really make money in stocks. They're just being lucky. So, and, and you got really got no control in stocks, right? Who's, who's right. the CEO and some, some guy have an affair with some secretary and your stock exactly. goes down. And it's, it's nothing to do with you, right? So, Someone dies in a plane crash or something. Yeah. 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 So stocks, I think, is for institutional people, right? REITs and big guys, you know, it's not for individual people. I think individual people are the one who's funding the big guys. There are a lot of more smart guys in stocks. And um, there's a lot more advertisement to get the retail guys to get into stocks compared to real estate, right? So so that's why I I, I focused a lot on real estate because it's a lot more slower. I can control the rehab process. I can control the acquisition process. And real estate is the only asset or investment between stocks, bond, and real estate. Real estate is the only asset that you can buy 20% below market value, right? I mean, stocks mm-hmm. you can't buy, right? Stock is very efficient. Whatever price right. you pay is the value for that time. But real right. estate, you can buy 20, 30% below value and you can leverage it up at 80%, right? You can get someone Absolutely. else to pay you for uh, 80% and you can go above market value and sell it, right? So th- there's three factors that can you know, amplify your profit in stocks, leverage, buying below market value and in real estate, sorry, ability. Yeah. In real estate. Sorry. an ability to push up above market value in real estate. So this is a very powerful wealth creation tool. Yeah. I mean, really, really good point. I actually just bought a hotel. Mm -hmm. We bought it for $3.1 million less Mm -hmm. than what they bought it for 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. Wow. And it should have been worth more than what they paid for. They ran it into the ground. And so that's the first thing you were talking about. You can buy it under market, which I love. Mm-hmm. The next thing, what was the next thing you said? You can leverage it. You can leverage it, right? You can get a bank to come and fund yep. you know, half of it. Which you, stocks, you can't do it, right? Unless yeah. you take a margin call. That's not really a leverage. That is just a, that's yeah, different. so you can get a loan from the bank and make money on the bank's money. That's, mm-hmm. that's amazing. Correct. And third, which is what we're hoping to do with the hotel, and, and I think we will, it's 96 rooms and 
we're rehabbing it right now. You sell it at the peak of the market or sell it for a little bit more than what it's worth to someone who, you know, is willing to pay that price. And mm -hmm. those are three really good points. I've never had someone bring up those points on, on the show before. So thank you. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, you, you can, yeah, you can do, I mean, you can't do that in stocks, right? Whatever you buy is, is mm -hmm. that is the price of the day, whatever you sell right. is the price of the day and nobody's going to give you a loan to buy stocks. Right. And right. And of course, there's other tax benefits as well as an active investor, which you know, I never really oh, cared yeah. when I was a W2 employee. Nobody really cares. We're just busy working. Mm -hmm. We just look at the net pay and go and run our family life with, uh, with net pay, right? But right. On a, when we're looking at real estate, you know, you can erase your active income by, you know, by getting that tax benefit, which is the government is giving you. The government say, please, please, please invest in stocks. We need all your guys, all your expertise to manage the housing in the US, right? Uh, yeah, go go buy <laughs> apartments. We need you guys to do it. So here's some tax benefits for doing Correct. it. Correct. Correct. Awesome. If you look at yeah. like other countries like Singapore and Malaysia and a lot of countries, right? The government is the one that's providing the housing and it's a big liability and work for them, right? Whereas in the US, the government have given up by, you know, by try to encourage the real estate investors to run that show by giving them a tax uh, incentive. Absolutely. I love what you're talking about. You worked hard to memorize and learn and mm -hmm. understand the stock market. Becoming an engineer, I, I was in school for engineering, then I switched to construction management, but mm -hmm. there's a lot of hard work. And so you it's worked as an engineer. Now you got into stocks, that wasn't for you. And now you're in real estate. I don't think it's any easier. I think it's just more predictable. Mm -hmm. And you have 1700 doors. That's a lot of work. So tell me a little bit about the work ethic that you have to have to manage 1700 doors and and stay on top of that it's a lot of hard work i mean i mean one thing is managing but growing the portfolio to that level took me a lot of hustle i mean i'm just trying to align with your show here right <laughs> thank I mean, you and and the way that you know you can't be normal right uh, if you want to come up if you want to do like what i've done in the past five years you can't think normal right if you want to think normal you, it's not hustling, right? I mean, it's, right. Just be like normal person, right? If you want to be different from everywhere else, you have to hustle. And the way that I hustled to build this uh, portfolio is basically when I started with single family, right? See, I wanted a single family and I looked at MLS and you know, it's all normal deals, right? If you want to be normal, I mean, that's what Grant Cardone said. If you want to do normal things, you can just do normal things, right? So, yeah. But I said, okay, let's try to do something different from everybody else. And I start looking for deals by doing yellow letter marketing, cold call texting, directly going direct to the seller, right? Uh, which is, nice. it's a lot of hard work, it's hustle. And, but we're able to get awesome, awesome deals. Like we, we build like with our 11 houses, single family houses, we build almost 400,000 equity. And, and we used to work hard. Even, uh, even all my, my whole family used to work hard. All my kids, <laughs> they were like a 10, you know, a six and two, a four, you know, at that time uh, they used to fold letters for me yellow letter marketing. oh really yeah That's <laughs> every awesome. sunday we used to sit down and i used to print out all the letters and put in the table and everybody used to fold <laughs> so that's real hustle the whole family is hustling yeah man. Although, that's awesome. <laughs> although they may not know what actually they were doing but i was happy that i was able to involve them in that process and that just show how much you have to you know hustle to be different from everybody else right and and I can, I can easily say, oh, there's no deals, right? I mean, I can tell you even when in 2013, when I started, there was no deals, right? You know, yeah. Everybody's still looking for deals. 
but how you differentiate yourself from everybody else makes a lot of difference right so so hustle absolutely and hustle by doing things that not other people i mean most of the people don't want to do right so i love it yeah yeah i always so, say like look for what the 99% of the people are not doing and do that 1% thing and it's hard work that 1% is not like magic thing or you know some some tricks or some martial art that nobody else know but it's basically that what do is something that not everybody are willing to do which is hustling right make your family buying. fold fold letters on sundays yeah <laughs> great example you know most people don't want to do that oh yeah it's a lot of work and if people are buying deals from brokers you know try to think not buying deals from brokers try to look at establishing some kind of funnel uh to you know connect direct to sellers right uh, you well, know, you well let's talk about that because i'm actually mm -hmm. working on that right now it's so sure. hard to find a good deal right now i've been Absolutely. analyzing deals out my ears from brokers i love that you mm -hmm. say that mm -hmm. and so it sounds like you were going direct to sellers which i love i in i grew up in my real estate career i grew up cold calling Mm -hmm. homeowners and and that's how i found my business that's hustling so that's hustling yes correct it, it's hustling yeah i mean <laughs> i i called i talked to 40 people a day every day and that's how correct. i sold homes and and now i'm talking to brokers but tell me about the system you put in place mm -hmm. where did you get the data did you get it from costar i mean you don't have to divulge if you got trade secrets but tell sure, me a little sure, bit sure. about the system of of who you were mailing to and and where yeah. you got that there's no secret in what i'm doing i mean the problem is i can tell you a to z what i'm doing which i'm going to tell you in a short no while do but that's that's just like less than one percent will actually take the time and do it right yeah I love <laughs> it. as i say it's all come back to hustle right and there's just not many people are willing to hustle because not many people really want to hustle and want to come up in life so if someone is really want to come up to life you have to hustle very hardly. So the way that we find deals in the beginning, I mean, my first few deals I found using off-market acquisition and after that, you know, things start flowing to me. So, so uh -huh. people who want to start in this industry, which is a lot of your listeners and a lot of people out there who want to start on buying their first deal, right? Because once you buy one or two deals, then you, you get start getting true deals from brokers, right? Uh -huh. Otherwise, if you're a newbie, you'll get all kind of uh, trash bin deals from brokers, right? So I get plenty of those. I get plenty of those. <laughs> yeah, the return of time of analyzing broker deal is is, uh, is much, much lower compared to you go and build up your own database and go direct to seller and you find that one awesome deal which can launch yep. your career to it. the next level. So so when I started, I look at a, a, a website called listsource.com and listsource.com uh, so you can go and get an account at listsource.com you you know it's a very simple website and uh, i think a lot of wholesalers use this and uh, i got a lot of these ideas from wholesalers doing podcasts so podcasts and bp and all that so they told me all this so i'm going to tell it. you know I, mine is a combinational methods of doing this to find my first i think i got like 224 units deal uh, using a wow yellow letter marketing so and you can still find it right now. Uh, even when you do it right now, you just have to change your mindset that you have to believe that you can do it. Yeah. <laughs> right? So, yeah. so coming back to the the method to do it. So you go to a, a website called List Source, download the the owner's uh, list. You know, of course, you have to search by number of units that you want to buy, how long the property they own it, and uh, whether they have mortgage, when they was last refinanced or not. You put in all that criteria to be make sure it's favorable for you to have enough equity. Like you do not want to buy a deal which was just refinanced last year or which right. was just purchased last year, right? You want to have at least three to five years of equity buildup. 
right? right? So, you know, you want to, you do, it's a bit hard for you to look at like 200 plus units, but less than 150 units, you, should, you have a lot of owners, which is, you know, willing to sell you direct to you, right? And, and once you do that, you basically get the lease and you have to use skip tracing methods like using like TLO website, like TLOs or Lexus yep. Nexus, right? But now I think there's a lot of skip tracing website, which can gives you phone numbers behind the, I mean, you can give the owners behind the LLC, right? Because a yeah. lot of these apartment owners are LLC owners, right? So once which, you get that, which you one do you like the best? Sorry to interrupt. Which one do you like the best for finding? I mean, I, I've heard I only use TLO uh, because all these uh, skip tracing websites are expensive and it's hard to get access to. Mm-hmm. But once you get access, because TLO, I think it's by search, right? LexisNexis is by a fixed amount on a monthly basis and you have to call me like 12 months, right? And I didn't, yeah. I didn't do search by 12 months. I, maximum I did one year, maybe like three weeks. That's it, right? So Got it. I'd rather pay by search, right? So I use TLO to find the LLC owners, right? So, and there's additional layer that you can put in in between this, which I did not do, but later on I did that uh, because when I was when I was tweaking my multifamily uh, searches, you mm-hmm. can go to the you can get a VA to go and scrap through the Secretary of uh, of Secretary of State website and look for the document like deeds and loan document and see who actually signed on that loan documents because a lot of times oh. this multifamily multifamily LLC you have many many different guys like five six different guys even now you can see that you know there's like five six KPs or five six sponsors in one deal but there's one guy who makes the decision right so you have to find that one guy who makes the decision so look for, look at who is signing on that documents that is the decision maker and look for that guy in TLO and start you know approaching them using texting using mails using emails and nowadays you can always use Facebook and LinkedIn and start right. to crawl so to them. Basically, start and, stalking them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's all about, I mean, everything is dead, right? I mean, even right. if you look at our advertisement, you know, you'll be Googling cruise in your laptop and the next day you go into your bedroom and you watch open TV, then the cruise advertisement is coming, right? So, yep. <laughs> yep. I think my wife was looking at like, what was she looking at? I don't even know. I, I think it was, uh, a gift for someone. And so I started getting it nonsense. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. You're everybody gets it in the house. The internet. So that's yeah. what is talking, right? Everybody's doing that. Right. So, yep. I mean, this is basically marketing, right? Um, yeah. So yeah, you start building relationship with them. It take may, may take many years for you to get a deal because you are building that relationship, but you know, be humble enough and you know, have a good communication skills and a good negotiation skill, at least build that reputation. If you don't have that, you know, that skills to build reputation, you may want to get someone else to do it. Um, but that's how you yeah. find a deal. You know, the seller may sell it to you without broker fee, you know, and you may get That'd a be nice. deal. Right. As long as if, if a deal goes through a broker and it marketed, that's the end of that price because yeah, they're going to, you know, put it on a bidding process and they're going to jack up the prices especially during this market yeah that's how they get the listing they tell us the seller that they're going to get more money for it (laughs) yeah yeah it's the way it goes yeah Yeah. no off-market deals are the name of the game that's exactly what we're looking for and i'm i'm sure you're still looking for them as well yeah yeah i mean i although now i start getting a lot of deals from brokers but i don't know now recently i'm not even underwriting most of my deals because i know most of the deals are already overpriced so wow yeah (laughs) Yep, they are. They're overpriced. I was looking at one in Boise yesterday, mm-hmm. 
and it looked, man, it looked like a really cool value add property. You could raise rents by $200 a month. It was wow. under rented and they still wanted 135,000 a door. Oh, and okay. I was just, wow, <laughs> that, that's the market in Boise, you know, and they'll probably get it. They'll probably get 140, 145,000 a door. So wow. the way it goes. Yeah. I mean, Boise, Idaho is one of the, one of the, what you call a hottest, well, yeah. well, hottest market. Yes. Correct. In, in the nation yep. right now. Well, well I, I really liked what you said. Don't be normal. <laughs> and this weekend or this week I was in San Diego uh-huh. and uh, just at a, a conference for the top realtors in the U S and I was around a lot of great people. Wouldn't trade it for the world, but on Facebook I had my four friends start posting photos. They were in Scottsdale and uh, all over Phoenix all week. They were golfing mm-hmm. and I didn't get the invite. And <laughs> I, I texted my wife as a little bit bummed and I said, man, they don't even invite me anymore. Uh-huh. And, you know, I'm not offended. I'm sometimes bummed. I wouldn't have gone anyways, but they don't even invite me anymore because they know I'm not going to go. They know I'm working. They know I'm trying to build something and, and they're normal. They're normal Mm -hmm. people doing normal things, golfing. They're in their thirties. They, Mm -hmm. they're, they're not sacrificing anything. They're, they're out having a good time. So I I really like what you said. Don't, don't be normal. And, and then you Mm -hmm. can do big things and have what other people's don't, people don't have. Yeah, yeah. I think it it comes to the purpose in life that everybody wants, right? So what do you want, right? If you want to do big things, if you want to if you want to make a dent in the world, you can't be normal, right? If you want to be right. just living in the world, you can always breathe <laughs> breathe in and breathe out and you know, cruise through the life through, right? I mean, there's many ways of doing it. So if if, if a person, I mean not only real estate, any ventures that they do, right? Any ventures that they do. Real estate is just a tool, right? Right. Any ventures that they do, if they really want to do big, if they really have that true burning desire inside them to be different from everybody else, and they yep. think that's their mission in life, right? Uh, you know, yeah, you want to, yeah, you don't want to be normal. If you want to be normal, you'll be normal. You'll get normal results, right? And what's the fun of getting normal results? I love it. Absolutely. I, I don't want normal reser- results. I don't want a normal life. So yeah. Yeah. that's awesome, man. Well, yeah, you, you have to hustle. You have to do what the... 99% won't. And so tell me a little bit about, you know, you're an engineer, you had tried stocks, but really what is it about real estate that you like? Because there's so many people doing exactly what you're doing. They're quitting their jobs. They're saying, look, I want to build wealth. And I think real estate, specifically multifamily real estate is the way to the go to go. So tell me about a little bit about your analysis and, and how you chose that. So the complications of uh, turning around a multifamily, especially a value at multifamily, is what make it really fun for me. Okay. Right. So it's not the money. I mean, money, yeah, money is a byproduct, right? It's like now you're able to turn around this, this you know, it's very complicated, right? There's a lot of tenant moving in. There's like in 100 units, there's 100 income streams. Uh, there's a lot of process. There's employees, you know, there's a rent growth that you're trying to do. There's market. There's like, 10 different moving parts in multifamily, especially on a value add. So turning around a value add deal, it's, it's very fulfilling. Awesome. Awesome. So, so for you, it's about achieving a, a project turnaround, seeing the finished right. product and, and what it was before. And I mean, flippers do that every day, but I think it, for them, it's more of a They've got to get in and make their cash and get out. But multifamily, if you're going to own it 10 years, 
you're able to do different things that it, you make it a really nice property. And, and I actually love it for that same reason with the hotel we just bought, mm -hmm. we're changing so much and, and we're just making, making it such a nice place to stay. And I, I love that pride in ownership. And, and it sounds like you just enjoy that finished product and, and doing a good job for the residents and the people that live there. Yeah. I mean, you're basically making an impact to the community who's living there. Right. And, you know, and, and, and in your elder age, you can basically see that that's what I did. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. There's no reason fun. to be a slumlord. That's, that's the beautiful, beautiful thing about multifamily is it's a win-win. Mm -hmm. You take care of your residents, provide an amazing place to live, and you actually make more money. Absolutely. So it's, yeah, that's, that's fantastic. Well, yes. James, I'm kind of curious, mm -hmm. what did you do in high school? I mean, I, I'm, I really like to hear about people's journeys. Obviously, you're an engineer, you did that for college, but did you think you'd be an engineer? Or did you think you'd be buying 1,700 doors of real estate when you're in high school? No, no, absolutely not. Absolutely not. So I was, I don't know, in high school, I didn't have much direction on where i'm going i'm we're just studying to get good grades right that's it right and and even when i was doing engineering i thought i'll be engineer forever right but mm -hmm. you know at some point i realized it's a bit uh, monotonous right any w2 job become monotonous just for me right because i, I yeah. like i like more of a variety you know different kind of challenges and i like to even even in my engineering i like to be in a startup startup group like where things are changing things are like a lot of problem and i'm so happy once i solve it but there's just not many groups like that all the time, right? So. Sure. So, so you were in high school. You're working hard, trying to get good, great, good grades mm -hmm. because you mm -hmm. wanted to be an engineer, and and obviously you have to be smart and and study mm -hmm. hard to do that. So, sounds yeah. like you've been working hard your whole life, mm -hmm. but the monotony of doing the same equations that have been done over and over again just yeah. wasn't fulfilling for you. Is that, is it's that too boring? I mean, yeah, it's a bit too monotonous and too boring. If I, if I keep on doing the same project over and over with slight variation, right? Sure. So I, I like variety and I like solving problems. Well, and, and real estate, you, you never seem to see uh, the same issue. I mean, you have to see a lot of the same issues, but tell, tell me what's the hardest part about owning 1700 doors? Because that's a lot of doors. What, what are the two uh, or three it's, hardest it's, parts it's about the your scaling job? To that, uh, scaling the operations the hardest because right now we are at a stage, but not even now, for the past six months, we are at a stage where we have to let go of some of the functions. Like in the beginning, we, we managed 45 units, 174, 115, and 200, 300. Now we bought like 350 units, right? So, so we, are, we are at a stage where we are letting go of some of the, you know, the grip that we had in certain operation. That is hard, really. Because uh, we, since we started from ground, we know a lot of things and we expect... Mm -hmm we expect everybody to 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 know what we know as well and that's a big problem for us right so we are we are really struggling with delegation and all that so so hopefully we can get to that scalability where we can delegate and get the same quality uh, of work as well right that's so, hard man it, it's hard because not everyone buys in perfectly so you have to make sure you have the right people and not everyone has the skills and it's a, for me it's a constant battle with my assistant or with whoever I'm working with, the, the new agents I train, it, yeah, that's really hard to scale because you're right. You, you feel like not everyone's going to be as good as you or care as much as you or be as detail-oriented as you. So I, I'm kind of curious. Now I, I hire for personality and the desire to work and 
if I feel like they're going to be coachable. Tell me about the people you're hiring and, and how you're trying to hit that scalability. So, I mean, we have, we have started looking into what we call as GWC, people who get it, who wants it, and who has the capacity of doing it, right? Uh, so, nice. so we have been trying to really nice. make <laughs> people who get it, people who really, really wants it, right? I mean, sometimes people are, we are, buy, we are getting someone who's like really, really experienced, right? Who are overqualified yep. for the job. Yep. You know, they can do the job, but they really do not want They don't want it. Right? So I'd rather hire someone who's hungry, who gets it, who really wants it. And you know, I can train him on the capacity to do the job, right? As long as he yep. has the, the cognitive skills and the behavioral match, right? So, so these are it. the things that we're looking for right now in our company to grow the company. I'm writing that down. They get it. They get want it, it. Want it and the capacity to do it. And capacity. Yes. That's a way better way of saying what I said. <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> okay. what I look for. Because if, if they don't want to be there, they can be as skilled. And that's exactly what I talk about in this podcast. You can be as skilled as anyone. You can be as skilled as Donald Trump is doing the deal. Whether you think he's a right. good president or not, he sure know how, knows how to, to negotiate a deal, right? Correct. But it doesn't matter your skill if you don't want to go out and do it. If you, don't, if you just want to be there nine to five and clock out, you're mm -hmm. not going to work for me very long. My assistant, yeah. I pay her bonuses. I pay her to be working on the weekends, nights, and she loves it. She likes it because she, she wants it and she sees the vision and her skills aren't there yet, but they're getting there. And, and that's what's mm -hmm. most important to me is that she wants it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it's just so important to have um, people who are motivated to progress in life and in that particular role, right? Whatever we are sending to them. Yep, absolutely. Well, now that we're talking a, a little bit about kind of your theory and the way you run your company. Mm -hmm. I am curious, what, what are one or two books that have, that have impacted you the most? I think the first book that impacted the most, and I think the biggest book uh, is called The Magic of Thinking Big. Oh, I haven't read that yet. Yeah, no, I don't know why not many people knows that, but when they know about it, they said, wow, this is a really good book. <laughs> I'm writing it down. Yeah, I do not know who's the author, but that book changed a lot of my thought process. Uh, I mean, keep in mind, I was reading this when I was, I'm not a really a reader, but my wife forced me to read it and I read it. And, <laughs> and on, especially when you're on a W2 job and all that, sometimes, yes, you are very focused on the job and you, you think everything is limited. And well, after reading that, that changed a lot of my perspective, right? So the second book is basically uh, Think and Grow Rich. Oh, which is an awesome book. And you can see both of these books talks about a lot about mindset and yeah. your personal potential, right? So I'm a strong believer in that. Think and Grow Rich has got to be one of the best books ever written. And, yes. and it talks about so much, but really about the people you spend your time with. Correct. And trying to improve yourself. Mm -hmm. And that, that's all my goal is every single year is to get better. I, I may not get better results, I can't control the market. I can't control other people all the time, but I can control who I spend time with and if I'm working on myself. And I just spent three days with realtors and brokers and trainers who are making one, two, three, four, five, six million dollars a year selling homes. Mm -hmm. Not even commercial deals. They just sell homes. Sell homes. Wow. Absolutely yeah. crushing it. And they're the most disciplined, amazing people. And, and they're so good to be around because 
there's a guy selling 600 homes a year and he just doesn't think he's that cool. He's, he's just a <laughs> humble, good dude, you know, and yeah. then they're all he must like have put that. in a really good process and system. And yeah, when get, yeah. Even you get one tip from him on how to set up like one small system, that's an yeah. awesome tip, right? That can save your time a lot. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. The, the tip I got from him from 11 to 1 PM or 10 to 1 PM on Fridays. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's every week or every other week, but he and his team he has, he's quite a few staff. They just do a problem dump where they dump their problems on each other and they, and they mastermind and they think, and they solve each other's issues. The transaction mm-hmm. coordinator is helping the buying agent. The buying agent is helping the listing agent. And I thought that was really cool because People tend to stick to their jobs, but an outside mm-hmm. perspective can be helpful. And he said that's really helped his team grow and, mm-hmm. and get a lot bigger. So that, that was a really cool thing to hear yeah. that I would have yeah. never thought of. Yeah. So that three days, you know, that just one session, one segment, uh-huh. would have saved a lot of your time because now you don't have to go and really yeah. learn that. right? So you can say, hey, I'm going to just copy that. Right. So that's what we look for in this kind of successful people. What is that shortcut that they can tell us that? that we can take and uh, I love shortcuts. I love them. Well, I'm buying that book right now. So the magic of thinking big, there's, it looks like there's a few videos online. Is it by David Schwartz? Is that the one? Yeah. David Schwartz. Correct. It's a red color, great font book. And then, yeah, the, yeah, the Napoleon Hill, everything he did was just fantastic. Really cool story. Yeah. I think, uh, yeah, Jim Rohn's, you know, speeches and writings are really awesome as well. Mm -hmm. Yep. Jim Rohn's awesome. Well, <laughs> tell me about what you have going on. Anything that we can promote for you? Anything that you'd like to talk about? Well, I mean, I have my own Facebook group, which is like 4,000 uh, multifamily investors. It's one of the highest quality Facebook group because we have like 43% rejection ratio inside that group. <laughs> nice. Did you reject me? Am I, am I in that? I don't know. You're What's the name of the see. group? <laughs> it's called Multifamily Investors Group. If you oh, yeah. type in multifamilyinvestors.group, uh, you should be able to get direct uh, link to it. Um, and I have my own podcast, which is called Achieve Wealth Through Value at Real Estate Investing Podcast, where we go very deep into the operations, which I think is the is one of the most important one, most important phases of any investment that makes the most money. I have my own. Is this the one? Am I on the right Facebook? Group? Yes, yes, that's the one. Yeah. So, so you didn't reject me. So that's good. Thank you so, for yeah. not rejecting. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> You're part of the fifty-seven percent who got approved. So nice. I yeah. feel special. Well, we, no, yeah, I remember seeing what you put on this group. Now that I think about it, I yeah. look. I mean, you've got some really good info. I'm gonna sh- share this with. I'll, I'll make sure I put it in the notes so people can check it out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I. I yeah, I try to make it really high quality so people can really use it as a forum to really learn rather than awesome. uh, too much uh, spam. No advertising, right? right? Yeah, too much advertising is wasting time, right? So I have my own book, uh, Passive Investing in Commercial Real Estate, which we have sold, uh, you know, thousand, more than 1,000 copies, paid 1,000 oh. copies. That's more a... than 1,000. I can't remember what's the exact number right now. It's called Passive Investing in Commercial Real Estate. Nice. That is the only book that looks from passive investor perspective. And I, okay. anybody who are thinking of, you know, investing passive should read that because a lot of uh, book out there talks about, you know, active investment and how to buy a deal, how to select markets and all. But this talks about like how to choose a deal sponsor, what kind of investment, is it a deep value add, is it a value add, is it a yield play that is suitable for you? So it's more like a, a stock selection uh, criteria guide for passive investors. I like it. I'm going to buy it on audiobook. I love that you have it on audiobook because I'm not oh, yeah. going to read it. 
I'm an audio book guy. And I said, first I, day I, itself, I must have an audio. So <laughs> absolutely. I, I'm buying it right now. Yeah. Correct. Awesome. So, so passive investing in commercial real estate. I'm going to buy that. Yeah. The awesome. insider what secrets else? too. What else? I have my own mentoring program, which I just started for active and I'm going to be launching a passive investor course as well. Um, oh, cool. that's, that's on the works right now. Um, what else? I mean, that's it. I mean, uh, I'm, we are busy. We are operators. We are buying deals. We are not uh, educators and selling from the stage, right? So Right, right. You're doing <laughs> deals. You don't have time to do much else, but you wrote yeah. a book. You've got the Facebook group, which I love, and yeah. you're looking for deals. So if, if people find a nice, large, multifamily value-add deal, do you mm-hmm. want them to email you? Do you want them to call you, Facebook you? What's the best way? Well, I mean, for the thing is, I mean, a they lot should of send it to me first, but <laughs> if they're going to send yeah, you it can, to you, can, <laughs> you can use it. So, no, I'm not very enthusiastic about finding deals from the, from the you know, people out there. I mean, a lot of times deals, I mean, I need people to underwrite like what I underwrite, right? So that's why I created my own mentoring program because a lot of times I Got get it. a deal and I see the way the underwrite is like completely out of the world, right? Interesting. So I want to... Yeah, I want to teach like how I underwrite. And if you underwrite and bring like, bring a deal like based on my underwriting criteria, then I would definitely be interested, right? But most of the people. (laughs) So how much is the uh, mentorship to learn how to underwrite like like James? (laughs) I'm not going to tell that on a podcast, but mine is like what? Very, very compared to the, uh, you know, $30,000 what people are selling out there who are professional gurus out there who are just doing education, right? So. Got um, it. So where do we go? Do we go to your website to look into that? Because I mean, I'd be interested. I, I love learning. I've bought Michael Blanc's. I've bought David Topin's. I've okay. purchased so many other people's analyzers sure, because sure, sure. I don't want to get stuck in thinking one way. Oh, okay. Okay. You have yeah, my mentoring is called how you do it. Achieve-academy.net. Uh, it's a new website, achieve-academy.net. And I don't only teach underwriting. We actually underwrite three case studies in that course. But uh-huh. we also also teach asset management, property management, you know, how to raise money. I mean, I, we just raised like almost $10 million in a week, right? Whoa. So, so we, we definitely know how to raise money from our investors, right? So, I mean, primarily because we have a good track record and we have built that reputation and we really find really yeah. good deals. At the same time, I also teach like how to find deals, how to change your mindset, uh, how to change your paradigm, right? How to change your paradigm shift. How do you, how do you change your thought process from where you are currently to where you want to go, right? Um, yeah, these are the things that it's very hard to get. I mean, nobody really teaches asset management. Nobody really teaches property management out there, right? Because yeah. not many gurus do that, right? Most of them teach how to buy deals. I mean, right. buying deals is the easy part in this market, right? Uh, but operating it is the hard part especially now when prices are high you have to really have their your own value proposition to maximize your investors return got it no that's that's huge and and a lot of the gurus want you to learn how to buy so that you can bring them deals (laughs) (laughs) yeah Um, and they don't want you to learn how to manage because they want you to be intimidated to manage your own deals so that you bring it to them (laughs) <laughs> so I love that you're teaching people how to manage and, and, and be a sponsor because there's so much more than just finding and buying a deal. So I yeah, love that. yeah. There's too many people who are teaching how to buy deals. And I mean, it's not that difficult to buy deals. Anybody can buy a deals because there's so much capital looking to buy deals, but are right. you buying it right? Are you financing it correctly? Right. Are you yep. operating it correctly? It's very, very important because as I said, markets have peaked. A lot of people are over, everybody's overpaying for deals. 
And but how do you get still get the returns, right? If you only have your own value proposition of how you have these vertically integrated structures, or how do you how are you able to ask questions to your property management company, right? You need to, yeah. When they come and tell it. you something, you have to know, no, you guys are not telling you correctly, right? So so once you know that it. terms and the details, the key performance index, then you can manage your investment much, much better. Well, well I have a goal, James. I'm gonna get as many people as I can to sign up. Oh, really? And I, I'm on, I'm on the, I just uh, signed up. I, have, I haven't paid yet, but <laughs> I want to talk to you about it. Cause sure. I mean, honestly, my, my goal is to have a billion dollars under management mm-hmm. in 10 years and mm-hmm. I'm not going to get there by without help, you know? So oh, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I love what you're doing. If you have a deal right now, mm-hmm. I'm going to actually push stop recording here in a second. We can talk offline, but I've got mm. some money already raised, but <laughs> no, I don't yeah, have no, any I, deal right now. I'm, I'm, I'm taking it slow and steady because got it. For me, deals, uh, I mean, there's not many deals out there anyway at this stage of market cycle, even though there's a deal that may not be a true deal. So I'm taking it slow and steady. Awesome. If, I, if a broker comes to me with a deal, I usually ask him, why me? Why are you bringing it to me? There's a lot of other newbies and people who are willing to overpay. Why not go to them? So if the yeah. broker can justify why he's bringing to me, like, James, like you have it. a property in front of this property or, you know, this this deal has some hairy hair in it. Only you can solve it. Oh, and, uh, yeah. Then only I will look at it. Otherwise, I won't look at it. I mean, the last deal I bought was I bought it directly from the seller. Nice, right? So it's a thirty million dollar deal. We bought it directly from the seller, and that was the only reason why I looked at that deal because it came direct from the seller. I know there's not much I of like competition. It. There's not much of bidding. You know. I mean, yeah, it doesn't get bid up. 